future. It's here. You now have the power to unlock the secrets of the hobby. An innovation that will change the way the industry works. The game changer is here. Card Ladder. Hey everyone, this is Josh back with Cardboard Chronicles. Today I'm joined by the famous Lameem James, uh, also known as Christian. How's it going, man? Doing well. How are you doing today, Josh? Good. It's early in the morning for you, right? I had to wake you up and get you on an interview because you're, you're, you're overseas, right? That's correct. I'm here over in the Netherlands and it's 5 a.m. So I woke up just for your ass. <laughs> well, I appreciate I... it, man. So why don't, you, why don't you kick us off? Tell us about yourself and your background in the hobby. I think my hobby in the background is, is traditional um, from what you've heard uh, from other people. So started back when I was a kid. Um, so when I was a kid, I think I, the, the, the years I remember most is the Shaq's rookie year. So I was picking up some of his cars, kind of the junk wax era. And then, of course, uh, got out uh, when I was probably going into – in high school and then throughout college pretty much took a break from the hobby just to focus on life. And then from there, uh, I think I want to say in around 2003, 2004, when I graduated from college, kind of got back into it a little bit. Um, and that was, of course was a uh, LeBron's rookie year that kind of piqued my interest. Like, Oh shit. Just like when Shaq, Shaq was popular when he came in, a lot of a lot of people at the time were like, "Oh, this is the can't miss rookie," and and he caught a lot of people's attentions. And so, same thing with LeBron's rookie year; it was a really hyped draft class. I remember Exquisite coming out at five hundred dollars a pack. That that took over the 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 hobby for a minute, and people just just gravitated towards Exquisite. Never seen a high end product like it. Of course, I never bought any. Didn't as I said, just graduated college, so didn't have the most disposable income, but. I was able to pick up some Kobe autographs and, and, and grade them through Beckett at that time. And eventually, eventually, I said, once I graduated college, um, I had to start my career. So cards had to take a backseat again. Um, and of course, career, family. Um, and then lo and behold, the 2018 class comes. And it, again, it's another strong draft class. And it got me back into the hobby. So um, that's kind of my trajectory in the hobby and, and that's where I am today. So it seems like, uh, life events took big breaks, but the thing that always got me coming back were just, uh, just interest in draft class and players. And, and so here I am today. And then obviously you're, you're mostly known for the, for the meme accounts. So why don't you talk about that? I don't, I don't want to get too much into it. Cause that's, you know, that's kind of what everyone talks about. I want, I want to kind of get the collector side of you, but Tell us about the the social media account. What started that? How you got going on the on the meme stuff? Yeah, so I started my IG account probably in early 2019, and it was mostly just posting my collection. Um, but it it just kind of turned transformed itself into a strict meme account now. So uh, I want to say it was in June or July when I 
when I made that transformation uh, into a strict meme account. I don't even post cards anymore on it. It's just strictly memes, memes and other type of content, like maybe looking at some posting analytics, not, not too much, not like Chris House of Jordans or anything like to that level, but just, just posting some commentary on the hobby and what's going on. So yeah, it's, I made that transition in June or July and it's just been going ever since try to pop off like three to five memes these days. But I know, especially during peak COVID, uh, probably around April or May timeframe was definitely getting into the, it was like 10 or 15, 10 or 15 a day. But um, yeah, I, I know if you look at my feed today, it only has like 70 or 80 posts, but honestly, if I didn't archive things and I didn't clean things out, I think it'd be, be up at 2000 posts. So um, that's where it's, it's at today. I don't think it's going to change. It, it's something that I enjoy a lot, just creating that type of content. Um, and yeah, will I ever post a card again? Probably not. So talk about the 2018 draft class. Like what, what about that draft class kind of got you back into cards and what specifically in that era of cards 2018 do you enjoy? Yeah. So I think you're going to like this answer a lot. So again, I just, <laughs> you're going to, you're going to like this answer a lot because it was trading on that got me back into collecting. I know he's one of your favorite players. Um, of course. But I just saw him in Oklahoma and yeah, even though I took a break from the hobby, I've, I've always liked basketball and I've always watched the NBA. And um, when I, me growing up, college basketball was also a really big thing because players would stay in three to four years. And so you, you'd grow some type of attachment towards them um, and you'd be more familiar with them. Um, and for some reason, you know, co- t- college basketball to me kind of fell off the map. But for some reason in 2018, there was a lot of hype around uh, Trey Young. He's one of the players. And kind of got to watch him, uh, some of his games in Oklahoma on, on YouTube, some of his clips and, and, and some games on ESPN, but just his play style. Um, as I said, I've always been watching basketball because he, he, he reminded me a little bit of Curry. And so I, I, just the skillful player, not the tallest, not the most athletic, but definitely very skillful. Uh, he doesn't play a damn ounce of defense. He's pretty much a defensive comb, but um just his ability to score and shoot. I, I really like that, that play style. So that got me kind of into basketball back into collecting, sorry, back into collecting. So um, I was like, all right, if this guy's good. You know, I've missed the boat on so many players throughout these years. Let me get back into the hobby. Let me get back to something in my childhood that I loved so much. So um, really started to, when, when I started seeing the 2018 product come out from Panini, I just tried to really familiarize myself with the product line. Cause back, back in the day, it wasn't, it wasn't Panini. It was upper deck. It was Fleer. It was Skybox. It was um, whatever other brands were out there at the time, but had to familiarize myself with uh, the Panini product line. So I think what got, like I said, what got me back into hobby is definitely that, that draft class and trying to collect Trey Young. And then of course, looking at the, the rest of uh, the 2018 class, uh, there was other players that piqued my interest as well. Uh, Luka Doncic, of course, and then freaking Marvin Bagley. Um, he also piqued my interest. So DeAndre Aiden, all, all those good, pretty much the top 10 of that class. Uh, I, I really, really enjoyed watching play. So that kind of got me back, um, uh, back into collecting for sure. So other than hoarding base prison PSA 10s, what else do you collect from that year? 
So no, I don't hoard base prism. You know what? I, I can't, I can't stand that. I can't stand those cards. There was a point in time in uh, early, like pretty much the COVID period, right? The the quarantine period that we were in. That's all I saw on IG was damn base prism cards. So I am not into base prisms. I do have some though, but I definitely don't hoard them. I was mo- like, when I came back in the hobby, prism wasn't it for me. Like I, I was more focused on autographs and, and rookie patch autographs. Cause that's kind of, those were the chase cards back in my heyday. So I never gravitated. I never, I, I never chased prism cards. I, I didn't think anything special of them, which was a big mistake because if I did uh, my collection would be a lot, a lot uh, worth a lot more today. So, uh, Early on, sadly enough, again, I was trying to do my research, but maybe I didn't do so well. I was buying a collegiate flawless basketball. <laughs> but you liked, so, the, you liked the college connection, so you did it because you liked it. I, I want to say I liked the college connection. It was just at the time right when I got back in, mm. and uh, they didn't have much out. It was just uh, collegiate flawless at the time when I came back into the hobby. So I was like, all right, well, that's – that's kind of it. They had a, what else was out? I think it was Dominion and, and that's a dead set now. So no one really even knows what Dominion is. Dominion was out. And then I think Crown, Crown Royale was out. So, but I thought the design and look of Collegiate Flawless was, was nice. So I, sadly, I bought a lot of uh, Trey Young, Trey Young's cards in, in that. I've sold all those cards because we all know what happens to the Collegiate cards once, once the main releases come out. So what what is your what is your feeling on prism then? Just like, not not necessarily specifically prism, but just sort of the concept of like, you know, base cards and PSA tens and investing and all that stuff. I think uh, to be to be truthful, I think prism is the biggest sham in the hobby. I, I really do because I think it's just a license to print money for Panini. I I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm just bitter towards it. I have a lot of prism cards, but I've. I never knew about this concept of the rainbow and, and that just, I understand that most collectors are completionists, right? They want to have the complete run. And so Panini is just playing to those strings, right? So you got, I, I can't even name them all silvers, white sparkles, tigers, blues, reds, oranges. I, I never really understood why they are so popular and why they hold such premiums that, Maybe it is based on that completionist theory where uh, we we like to complete the entire run. So smart on Panini, you know, they could just print it, uh, you know, whereas it's like a, a patch or if it's an autograph, they're, they're certainly a lot more limited and a lot more numbered because it's a higher production cost. So where do I see it? I just, I, I mean, the cards look great. They do look, they look, they look pretty cool in hand, but I'll just never understand the premiums attached on Prism. Um, and that's the more rare prism numbered parallels. I'm not even talking about the base and the silvers. I, that was from an investor standpoint. I, I guess I get it. It's, it's liquidity. It's, it, you can build bait price baselines and it, and it's, there's, there's enough volume out there. So you can really just kind of track it and see where you're at. And, but I, I guess if you're investing and, and it, and that's the, that's the asset that's selling the most. It's, it's quick. 
I, I guess it works. But yeah, I, I always just thought it was a license for Panini to print money. That's it. So what are your thoughts then sort of on the, the correction we're seeing right now where some of that stuff's going down and, and the rare stuff is like going higher than ever right now. Like golden auctions the other night went berserk, PWCC high end, and that base stuff is just sort of like slowly trickling down. What do you think is going on there? I just, I think the the fundamentals of collecting, um, I, I think that's starting to really shine through. Um, it's just when you have so much supply, you're only going to have so much buyers. And I, just listening, listening to you and listening to Chris from House of Jordans, you know, if you're in, if you're in this to, to invest or flip and or make money, I mean, that's your main primary goal. I mean, what better target is there than a collector, right? Because collectors, I mean, when they see something that they want, they're, they're probably going to unload their bank account to get it. Um, versus if you're just flipping a little silver or a base card, eventually, eventually your, your, your target audience, uh, it runs out. And so I think that's what you're seeing right now with the correction. And it's a, it's a massive correction. Uh, it's funny when, when people talk about when they see something like this, you're talking, what, 50, 60% drops is what you're seeing from peak, right? That's what you're seeing right now with, with the base prism stuff and the more common stuff. And people rationalize it different ways. A lot of people talk about, hey, this, this is not a crash. Hey, this is just the off season. But I mean, corrections to me, it is looking, coming, you know, having some, some play in the stock market a little bit. Corrections is like 10%. Like, I, I, that's, you know, a dips, five, dips, pullbacks, about 5%. Corrections, 10%, yeah, 15%. When you start getting like 50, 60%, that's like lawsuits, that's like lawsuits and bankruptcy and all that. So I understand people are going to say, well, you got to look at the whole time frame and, and the period. And, but to see something just drop 50, 60% in a, in a span of, what was it like three to four weeks? Uh, I think it was August, right? August was, was yeah, August was, was the month we all got that, that whole market just corrected itself. That's that's definitely interesting to see. And yeah, that's, again, when you have the supply and the buyers run out, the investors run out, that's what happens. Well, it's giving you lots of material, right? For your, for your memes. I mean, it's gotta be, yeah. How do you, how do you treat that? Like, I don't want to say you're like rooting for the hobby to go down, but it, it is like a weird balance for you as like a, a comedian in the hobby, you know, like you're trying to collect, but also, play to your strengths of your memes and, and kind of like capitalize on some of this comedy that's happening. Yes. I don't, I, and it's mostly uh, it's, it's most, I, I say it mostly as maybe reporting, right? I'm not, I'm not predicting. I guess I have tried, predicted a couple. I, I, some, okay. So that last meme I did with the, with the Grim Reapers going door to door first was tops 2020 then it was basketball prism and then it was soccer prism and then he's got a little charizard um in the in the in the closed door and he's coming for for pokemon so it it does give some it it does give a lot of ammunition for memes but yeah I, i'm not i'm not targeting targeting like any individual in particular it's just mostly commentary on the hobby so it it, it definitely does give the ammunition but 
I, I don't want I don't I don't like seeing anyone lose money, but again, a lot of this base and silver prism stuff, it's it's strictly investors and and they know what they're getting into, right? They know the risks that they're taking. These guys are investors and flippers. Um and and so they know the risk. Um what I do feel bad for though are the collectors that may get caught in the in the fear of missing out, the FOMO. And that happens a lot. That happens to a lot of us. Um and, and, and so that's another reason why I think you're, you're like you said, uh, these, these high-end grails, that's why you're seeing these record prices because, you know, we do get the fear of missing out. And especially with a low-numbered car, you never know when it's going to come back up, right? So you're like, all right, well, I need to, I need to come hard on this, uh, on this auction. So, um, but yeah, it, it does give a lot of commentary. It does give a lot of, a lot of chances to make memes on it. Um, it it's, I guess... You can, it, it, it can be sad in a way, but like I said, I'm not, I'm not targeting anyone. Just, just trying to report what I see, what's going on out there. People get mad at you for that stuff. I'd imagine like some people have, you know, have quite a bit of money at stake and I would, I would guess you get some anger towards you. Yeah, they, they, they do. Uh, I, I get either like a lot of, on my comments, I get a lot of the, the clown emoji, you know, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of the clown emoji. Um, I get a lot of DMs. Uh, uh, I get, you know, Hey, I'm gonna beat you up. Uh, when I see you at na- when I see you at a card show, give you a black eye. I get a lot of that stuff. Uh, it doesn't phase me at all. It doesn't phase me at all though. I mean, I, after a while, Josh, I mean, and you know how it is. I mean, you just develop thick skin, you get older, you just develop thick skin. It just, it just runs right off. But I always, I, I, I do try to reply. I would just say, Hey, this is just what I'm seeing. I mean, it's, it's, it's happening. So you know, if I post a meme about something dropping 60%, that wasn't me who caused it. That already happened, right? And, and again, I'm just a, a small little account. So even, even if I did try to predict something, I, I don't think I have any influence. I, I have no influence on the market. That's, that's reserved for like the people with the platforms, the influencers, like uh, someone, uh, SCI or Gary V or, or anything like that. You know, they, they may be able to move hot. Move the hobby in a way of impact prices, but like if I posted a card today, it would probably go down by ten percent. That's what I'm saying. So <laughs> I have no influence. So I don't know why they come at me. Um, but yeah, the, so- the soccer was soccer is wild because they're very pat. And I don't know if it's collectors and investors, or whatever. I think it's a mix. They're very passionate about soccer cards. And they want everyone to love soccer cards. And I, I just can't. I mean, you know that. I, I thought the soccer market was, that was just insane when I saw I'd never seen anything like it. So, but yeah. yeah. I mean, the, like the Pokemon stuff, uh, it's not like you're predicting it's going to go down. It's like, it just went up 10x. There's nowhere for else for it to go. It's just like, yeah. we just saw the same thing. It's just people are just jumping ship to the next thing. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I think when you see those periods of, yeah, you see cards go parabolic, just you're right, six, seven, eight, nine X. You have to understand that eventually, eventually it's going to plateau. And then it has to go down a little bit because it has to, for longevity's sake, you need buyer, you need interest and buying uh, and buyers to come in, to come, to come in, right? So, you know, it, it just brings you to the next level. So now that's one thing I would tell soccer collectors and investors about. It's like, okay, you've, 
you know, Mbappe cards three thousand dollars, right? The the base his base uh, World Cup prism, it, I think it peaked at three thousand dollars. And you know, the normal man, normal collector, and that they're they're just gonna stop. They can't afford that stuff. So you gotta wait for it to come back down, and to get more people uh, to get more people uh, back into buying it. Right, it becomes more affordable. So I think you're seeing that with Pokemon right now. It it can't sustain if your buyers have to make six figures just to buy a freaking poly what's his name polywag or whatever the most charmander like if you need five figures to buy a a charmander car that's not even a foil like come on it's got to come back down right if you if you want long-term but again pokemon card's been around for a while but it's not gonna i don't think it can sustain at the price levels it is today and i actually think you're starting to see a correction in it if i'm not mistaken i've been i've been looking at some uh some ig posts out there and I think you're starting to see the cards um, correct. Yeah, I'm sure. They'll have the Eiffel Tower. That's like one of my favorite memes you have with the... Oh, I have... I think that was because of the French team. Speaking of which, I have one queued up. I was supposed to post it yesterday, but it the Eiffel Tower has completed pretty much. And if you look at the chart through uh, through card ladder, it's just a, it's a perfect Eiffel Tower. It's not, But that's how, how a lot of cards are looking these days with base prisms and... and and silver prison, the more common stuff you're seeing that. Interesting. The hobby needed you last week when the whole, did you see the whole Pokemon fake box thing? I'm surprised you didn't, the hobby needed you last week, man. We needed you for some memes. Cause like uh, <laughs> the meme thing is important. And I tell this to Chris all the time. And I say that it's like, it's like the hobby needs the balance of the meme or the comedic account. You, I, you, like you've said, you're a collector yourself. So it's not like you're, it's not like you're doing this, you know, to like harm the hobby. It's like a balance, right? Do you, do you look at, at it that way? I, I think I do. Um, I think there's always, there's just always that there, we get caught up in, in the fear of missing out and wanting to be part of something, right? Everyone's making hand, hand over fist. They're just making a whole bunch of cash and you're just like, damn, this is, this is crazy. Let me get in on this. And you know, I, I, I try to put, you know, it's a meme. It's supposed to be funny, but I think it also presents, maybe presents uh, data in a different way, or maybe can make you think about, oh, this doesn't seem right. Like when I, when you see these cards, five, six, seven Xing, mm, maybe this don't seem right. Like there's thousands of these cards. Why are they, why are they doing that? And I, you know, like one, one thing I like to talk about is uh, manipulation. I like to make memes on manipulation and, and what people are doing out there, looking at bidding history or just, you know, if, if you look at cards enough, you know when something is not natural, like the demand just spikes too high. And, and so I like to just put stuff out there and makes, it may make people think twice about paying $3,000 for a base prism card, you know? And, and so it's, it's not, I think it's just that good balance of just maybe pumping the brakes a little bit. I mean, like I said, if there's like 10,000 of a card, I think that's the population for, for Zion or Luke. It's some crazy amount. If there's 10,000 of them, there's no need to buy a peak. Like you're going to get a chance to buy that card again, just kind of chill out and, and just, just pick your spots. So I think, I think it provides some balance. Yeah. I mean, it's like a friendly reminder, right. To, to have fun and, you know, laugh at yourself and kind of enjoy things as a term of different. Cause like the investing stuff is so serious, you know, and it's, 
it's nice to have at least one account we can go to. There's a couple, you know, like yourself and Tyler, sports guy. There's a couple accounts where you can go and at least know you're not going to get spoon fed this, you know, investor to the moon kind of crap all the time. Yeah. I, I will say though that uh, I, I don't, I think when I, I've looked at the memes that I put out, I don't, I don't put out too many like cheerleader ones. Like I, I don't put out any ones that like if a card went up like five, six, six, like there's a, someone it, it's, it's a happy pose. I, I don't think I've ever done that. So, you know, when we talk about balance, maybe no, you know what? There are enough counts on IG that, that pump, that pump <laughs> shit up. I, I don't need, I don't need to do that. So I don't think you'll ever see that on my account. The best, the two best memes you ever had. Uh, well, I really like the memes you make for, for me, obviously. I think they're hilarious. Like the, <laughs> you, did the, you, did, you did the one where, uh, uh, training day, where like he walked into the neighborhood and like it's me in football and they all look at me like, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> and then the Honda Civic one, obviously that one was the best. I've had, two, I've, I've, yeah, so I think I've put, I think I, I could count, I could put, I've put four memes out on you. And so two of them were the training days because I just remember, <laughs> I just remember one day I was just scrolling through Instagram and I know you as a basketball guy. I've, I've always watched, I've watched your shows and they're all basketball, right? And all of a sudden I see your, I see your IG post. <laughs> Michael Thomas. I'm like, what the hell is, what the hell is this? I, I was laughing for like, and I saw some of the comments <laughs> and you're starting to get roasted about, you know, posting football cards. I was getting a lot of DMs about that, dude. A lot. Like, people were mad at me. I thought that was, I thought that was, I thought it was hilarious because it, it surprised me. So I had to, I had to put out the training day meme. I and mean, that's, that's just a classic meme for that stuff. Cause I've actually used that cutscene before. Um, I think when, uh, it was when, um, when Zion came out and I said, Hey, when you're Luke and your fellow Luca, collectors start collecting Zion right so for you I was like all right so it seemed and and when you when you posted for some reason when you posted your football cards I started seeing other football cards come out from basketball collectors I was like all right I gotta put this out this is a perfect scenario for it um and then and then recently recently I and you posted your Pokemon collection I know you've had that for a while you probably never posted on your feed because you're all basketball but um, when I saw you post the Pokemon cards, I had I had the same cutscenes, the same damn thing. Like now I'm seeing all these Pokemon cards come out. So um, you don't play yeah, favorites, that, man. You, nobody nobody's safe, right? Like exactly. And then uh, what was the other the other was your Honda? I mean, one, so one of your crossovers yeah. with Chris talked yeah, about. Someone was like, yeah, someone was like saying something about how I'm rich or something, and I I had made a comment like, uh, you know, it's not all about like how you show your wealth it, like true wealth is actually uh you know like just between you and your and your wealth right it's not like how you flaunt it and i was like look i'll, I'll show you guys on the live i just like went into my garage and i was like look i drive a 07 honda civic hey john you know you, you don't strike me off as the guy who's gonna, who's gonna spend all your money on like supreme gear and and, no. and, all this, and uh have all these like high-end jordans like i i think i think most collectors with that collector mindset they're very like you know business savvy and very prudent with their money so yeah it wasn't no surprise when you uh when you brought the 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 iphone or whatever you're filming on the crossover on into the garage and out i just see this beautiful silver civic (laughs) 
you see this this wonderful silver Civic. I'm like, you know what? That's the most Josh Yam car that I, I that that just makes sense to me. So yeah, I just all I did was I think I found a just found a picture of a Civic, threw you in the threw you in the driver's seat. Had to put your boy Trey Young in the back because I know he's one of your favorite players. Dropped you, <laughs> dropped you at the Nationals, and then had to put the spinning rims on it. So yeah, that was that was uh, I think that was my third meme on you. And then the last one was when you when you were talking about some people ghosting you on uh, in your in I on IG. They don't check their DMs or something like that. So oh yeah, happens. yeah. Oh, when you throw throw your phone in the lake, that's like my. It happens, man. You know, you respond to someone on IG with a price. They're little immediately. Full. Immediately. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, for you, like, you never you, on if you threw the phone in the um, ocean, you never, he never, you never saw, he never saw it. But you know, normally when you reply with a price, you know, even when you someone's typing on IG or the DMs, you see the little like bubble come up. Yeah. Well, that yeah. bubble, that bubble turns into a ghost if they don't like your price. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, those those, I, those are the those are the memes that I remember about uh, you. And and no one's safe. I, I, it doesn't matter who you are. Everyone thinks I just I I'm only focusing on uh, sports card investor or other prominent figures in the in the hobby. No, I, I don't don't matter to me. I, if 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 someone puts something out there that I, that I find I could put something out on, I'll just do it. You know. Do people send you requests a lot? Like, oh, please make a meme of me or make a meme of this guy that I saw. Do you get that a lot? I do get that a lot. Um, in my DMS, I do get, uh, and it's not necessarily anyone in particular. They'll see something funny on online, uh, maybe a funny video, or they'll see a topic that came up. Uh, they'll just email and say, Hey, you got to make a meme on this. And I try to, but sometimes it's not possible. Like it's just, just the content or, um, or just the video itself that, or the picture that they're sending me. It's, it just can't, I can't put it together. Like, so I, I, I try to focus on, I've been really trying to focus on my quality these days of what I'm putting out. And so um, maybe that's why my, my posts have gone down to about three to four. Cause I just try to, I try to put a little bit more thought into it. Um, but yeah, there, there are some things that I, I can't, I can't put anything together. Um, and if I did, it'd be sloppy. So I just don't. What's like the what's the craziest thing you've been asked to make? I'd say I'd say when it's more of a maybe if it's more of a attack on an account, like maybe they they had some beef with like another IG account. I'm like, what am I going to talk about that? That makes sense to me. Like, I mean, I, I think I remember someone someone bought a repack and. I think, I don't know how much you pay for it, but probably got like 3% of his value back <laughs> or something like that. And he's like, you, you need to do a meme on, on this repack. It's trash. And like, well, you bought it. Like you bought, <laughs> you bought the repack. Anyone who knows repacks, there's only, there's only, there's only so many amount of legit repack sellers. There ain't much out there. There's maybe like two or three that I know of. And so, you know, the risk <laughs> Well, to me, a repack—that's nothing more than moving moving your trash. Like, you tell me, you tell me, John. If you did a repack, would you, would you put your PC Grails in there? No, you're gonna put you're gonna put your trash. You're gonna put the stuff you're trying to get. You can't get rid of. You're gonna, that's what you're gonna throw at me. You may you may throw one tra- chaser in there, but you're gonna put all of the cards you don't want. So again, there are some legit repacks out there. So 
Um, I, I, for, but for the most part, let's be real. Like that's what a repack is. Um, same thing with pools. You remember pools? You remember that time uh, when people were selling pools? Right. So like you, you get, you pay like $5 for a pool and you pick a number and they have a stack of cards. And, and so that was another thing I was, I remember meaning, I remember meaning about that though, back in the day, but yeah, I, I, those are some of the requests I get. And again, I, I, I don't, I'm not so much into like attacking like personal accounts like that. I, it's not, that's not really what I want to do. So should have made a meme about how buying repacks is stupid and just turned it around on them. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I could have done that, but nah. Again, I, I, th- I think for the most part, I, I only probably, I, I would say if you looked at my memes, well, like when it had someone's face on it, like some, like an, an IG uh, person's user's face, it, they're they're mostly mostly a little bit up there like people will recognize their face like if i put if i put joe schmo um never no one's ever seen before like, I, I don't think it'd have the same impact on a meme as say putting on uh mr jeff wilson like I, 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 there's that also yeah um so i want to jump into this a little bit but you also collect video games right and you've been showing that a little bit more recently talk about just like your your background in collecting video games, what that what that's about. I haven't discussed it on my channel yet, but it's it's something I've noticed a couple of guys doing. Yeah, I got I I want to say again, it was it was started this started through COVID and I was just bored at home. Um I telework a lot these days. So um I want to say mid-March, just kind of fumbling around and I came across sealed video games and they're and be, and them being graded. I thought that was like the wildest thing that I've seen. Cause I mean, I, that's what I grew up. I grew up playing video games and collecting cards. So kind of brought me back to my childhood. And I was like, man, these games survived all those years. I think that's pretty cool that they're being graded. And so um, that's, that's what kind of got me into it. I just looked at it a little bit more um, and then really just tried to focus on buying the games that I played growing up and that I enjoyed. So it's it's not, it's not any, it's not any type of investment or anything like that. Although it is, it is becoming an alternate investment, right? Um, Alternative investment that you're seeing going on. Same thing with cards, right? But um, you're starting to see that in video games as well because the prices are becoming too high. Um, But yeah, that's what I just started picking up the games that I enjoyed playing uh, growing up. Uh, Super Mario Brothers, like Ninja Gaiden, um, the ones that I could afford. Certainly, the one other games that I grew playing up, uh, they are already out. Of, they are already out of reach uh, in in March, and they've become more out of reach uh, within the past month or two. So, um, I just find it interesting that in uh, a video game, which we we you there's. We didn't collect video games. I mean, we we bought them. We never bought doubles. Like that wasn't in our our vocab. That wasn't even a thought process back then. Right? You just bought the game, and you opened it and you played it. So, for something to survive sealed for 10, 20 years, I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, but I think we're seeing this surge in all these collectibles and investing, and it's like every. It's basically like every subgroup of collectibles is getting its day right now, and it's just like 
everyone wants to know why and people want to get in on it because they want to make money like what's going on it's just, it's just like nothing isn't going up in price in terms of collectibles is it just like the 90s kids thing like what what else do you think it is i think it has a little to do with that i think a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of folks that grew up in the 90s are, are now established they have more disposable income so they they can get into these type of collectibles that bring them back uh, maybe to a you know uh, your childhood is are the some of the best years in your life so that nostalgia factor brings you back i think covid also has to has a lot to do with it as well and it does for me because you know my dis- when i say disposable income you know, that's the stuff that i normally use for like vacation and, and going out to eat right going to movies and doing all this stuff and can't really do that right now so there's a lot more disposable income um, out there that's able to be funneled into these collectibles um, so i i think it's a combination of those two um, that are in play and and who knows when when normal uh when life gets back to normal what that does um and how that impacts any type of uh, these hobbies, these collectibles. All right. Well, why don't you finish off by just showing some stuff people maybe don't even know you collect with just because of the meme things. So like, let's see some, let's see some proof. All right. So I don't have the monsters like some of your other past guests, but I do have some, some interesting cards here. Uh, <laughs> this is a tops 2020 shore ken griffey jr i think the print runs about a hundred thousand on this uh, i paid like 15 dollars for this car i think it's worth like a dollar now so this is cool um uh, you can give these away as parting gifts um actually going to come out with a meme on this one i've i figured out how to use this as a keyboard weight so when i'm teleworking i put this on my space bar or a key and it keeps my green light on. So it looks like I'm working the whole day throughout my shift. Um, another card I have, and that's just one idea that I have with the tops 2020. There's a lot you can do with this card, but it's my first idea. Again, I've heard you can use these as coasters as well, but honestly, the, the plastic's probably uh, worth more than the card. You know, you know about this card, right, Josh? I still give those away with cards that I sell. You still have some? Yeah, I got a bunch of them. Dude, I think I bought like uh, 25 of them. <laughs> you bought 25? Yeah. Dude, I want to get rich too, don't we all? <laughs> Look at that. I, I, said you were a, I said you were a prudent, savvy collector, and then you go off and buy 25 Griffies. Yeah, well. You won't, all, be la- you won't be laughing when I'm rich. Yeah, we all get we all get caught up in that thumb. All right, so that's the Griffey. Here's my next card. I'll show you. So as I said, when I got back into collecting in uh, late 2018, early 2019, this this was actually came out um, later in the year. But this is a Marvin Bagley flawless out of five. So. And then this is the NBA the Flawless. This was an $800 card when I bought it. This card right here. And it's probably worth 
maybe 150 today. So that was a big loss that I took. I haven't, I mean, it's an unrealized loss, but I don't think he'll ever get back. But that just goes to show you uh, how prospects definitely can't pan out. He's supposed to be a sure thing for uh, Sacramento, but that's what happens. That's what happens when you prospect. It's always a dangerous game, right? All right, so let me just show some of my cards here. Everybody only shows the LeBrons and the Jordans and the Lucas. What are you, what are you doing? People are confused now. <laughs> yeah, that's just a reminder. Um, prospecting's tough, and and that's another thing, real quick, is that you know for these prospectors out there, when you hit on a like, when you hit on a prospect, you got to hold on to that damn card. You got to hold on to those to those guys because you got in early. You know, I know the the two, three, four, five x gain may be may be very alluring. Um, but yeah, hold on to those guys. I mean, if you don't really need the money, hold on to it. All right. So showing off some cards here. I don't think you can see these, but it's your favorite player. And most of the, the cards I'm going to show you is all Trey Young because that's who I collect. I have some other cards, but I wanted to show you your favorite player. Just, this is my investment pick right here. All right. So this is Trey Young. These are courtside golds. These are out of 10. Got these. I love the courtsides, man. Yeah. Courtside goals are awesome. Just the in-game shots. Two uh, of the 10 is pretty sweet, man. That's, those are tough cards to get, obviously. Yeah. yeah they look, and they look good in hand. Um, but yeah, all, you know, anything gold that, you know, you know, that that's taken off. Um, I bought this back in the day. Again, my collection would look a lot better if I had followed the crowd into prison, but I do have a couple of prisons. This is probably my favorite one. I don't think you can really see it though, but it's a white sparkle, Trey Young. Um, I, I like the way the white sparkle looks. This is a, this is his optic. This is a black velocity right here. I think this one is, these ones are tough. Uh, the centerings always uh, left to right are just terrible on those. So, and this one is terrible, but BGS, it gave it, I mean, it got a nine on centering, but it, it did gem. So this was a, this was a PS, this was a PSA eight. It made it to oh, a really? B. Yeah. Uh, this was a PSA eight. This was a PSA nine. Now it's a 9.5. And then this was a PSA nine and now it's a 9.5. God bless Beckett. <laughs> Although, although Josh, it, it doesn't really matter because the BGS lab is deteriorating right before our eyes. So these 9.5s are could be worth as much as PSA PSA nine slabs soon, right? So yeah, the deterioration of Becky. That's 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 something right there. Everyone is taking mostly. Everyone is winning during this pandemic and the resurgence of sports cards. Uh, you know, I guess Beckett is winning because they have a backlog now too. So I'm, I'm sure they're doing fine. A uh, couple others. Uh, these are uh, Star Swatch Trey Youngs uh, and PSA 10. So, no, these are, uh, these were, these are normally tough to grade, especially with PSA, the thicker cards. They're just, they're so prone to chipping and, 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 uh, on the on the corners and edges and then of course when it's an autograph like this yeah. and then it and an insertion of a patch there's again more there's more room to have damage to the card you know send the card off to a player who knows what he's doing with it 
like throwing them around and not really taking care of them. Maybe, but Trey Young did a good job. Those got ten, so he must have kept them. And then uh, some others. These are the vertical ones. This one's a this one's a gold one, and then this one's to fifteen. And so, it, it yeah, when for like Aaron Fox. <laughs> you, did you see that video? Yeah, I've seen it. He's like tossing him, dude. Yeah, he's tossing him. He just dumps him on the ground. Um, but yeah, again, like the the patch autograph stuff to me was. I, I think that was, that's my mindset on that. Is just that's kind. I, I think that stuff really blew up when Exquisite first came out. That stuff was loaded with patch autographs like the limited logos and then of course the rpas as well um that's that's why i gravitated towards uh the patch autographs just because you know you're only going to get so many of those and i just think it's cool to have the actual autograph and, and a game i don't know if i think the exquisites were game used um, but flawless is game used um but and and i couldn't afford national treasures so I didn't buy national treasures. That's sweet stuff, dude. It's rare and it's the player you like. So, I mean, that's a, that's a real like collector set of Trey Young's right there. Yeah. yeah. I think it has a little bit of that, the, the normal, like the, the hyped up prison stuff, but you know, it, the flawless stuff, not many people seem to like flawless, but I do because I like the clean design. So yeah, that's why I bought it again. And none of this stuff is bought to, try try to flip i mean if that was the case i already already sold the damn things um but yeah. i guess one day i will sell them or but right now i just too lazy i just too lazy to sell i don't even have the only way i sell is on ebay too. i don't even sell on my ig account i just kind of keep all that stuff away um so yeah yeah having the focused ig account is like a pretty big pretty good way to like keep your your follower base growing keep people interested if you start like teetering around with different things people get confused and yeah i th- I, th- I think you're definitely on right there with the focus because and even then like you know it's 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 a it's strictly hobby me i mean i do cross into the the sports side of thing i mean we have to right we collect sports cards but it's mostly purely like hobby related topics and you know maybe that maybe that caps it a bit um, that's fine. It, it's, it's who knows how many people are in this hobby now. I've, I've never, I, I didn't, when I see some accounts now well, and how, how much reach and influence they're getting, that, that surprises me. This, this hobby's grown so much in the past, uh, what is it? Six, seven, eight months since March. It's grown so much. So, um, it's, it's, it, it, it's crazy to see the growth, to be honest with you. Yeah, for sure. All right, man. Leave us with one bit of advice or wisdom before you go. One piece of advice or wisdom from me. See. Um, Yeah. So I think, uh, I think what's nice about the hobby is you don't necessarily, you don't have to have like a massive, five six seven seven figure collection i don't even know some people get that high but you don't have to have a crazy collection to be involved and have fun in it um i think if you if you treat it in a way that 
makes it fun and enjoyable. I, I think that's the best way to go about it. Once you start getting, you know, if that's your focus to make money and that's your grind and hustle, I mean, I understand that. That's what you got to do. But if you don't have to do that, um, I, I think keep it as a hobby, keep it fun. I, you know, that's what I do. Um, and so uh, that's, I guess that's my one piece of advice. If you don't, if you don't, if your livelihood doesn't depend on it, just it's a hobby should be fun. Yeah. Like I talk about with Chris, people that are looking at it from that perspective and they're having more fun. They're the ones doing the best investing wise anyways. So it's, they kind of go hand in hand. If that's really what you're at, you know, like if you're focused on the investing, it's not going to work out as well. If you, if you're having fun with it, this is what happens when you focus on investing right here. That's right. He's undervalued. I need to buy it before everyone does. I need to go buy a bunch of this stuff. There's the proof right there. It's, prospecting is a is, is a tough yeah the investing side it's just it, it can be brutal it really can and when you start losing if you're in it purely for investing and you start losing money that's not fun and when something's not fun something's not enjoyable guess what happens you leave people leave they don't want to do it anymore so i think the growth of our hobbies definitely I mean, we need the investors right they, they kind of bring a, another side to it but it, this is this has always been a collective it's always been um, pursued by collectors. And I, I think, I think in order for our hobby to continue growing, we just, we just need, need those collectors to keep coming in. And so, um, cause they're the ones that stay Josh. So. Collecting and investing. That's what we need. Or sorry. Um, education. We need more education, making sure people understand. And I think your account plays into that, right? Like you're, you're doing it in a fun way, but I think that's what gets people's attention. And you're educating while you're doing it, not to, not to get burned as much. Yep. I think uh, just seeing some, some, something presented in a different format, maybe that helps. Maybe that gives someone a different angle on something, a different point of view. Um, can make people think. Right. I, I liken it to uh, John Stewart. I said this to Tyler sports guy, but John Stewart kind of did that for politics, right? Like it's, you know, a lot of people don't like politics. It's kind of confusing, but he sort of like put a, a comedic spin on it, but he also like has his opinions and teaches people about it and tries to educate through it. And I think the, the meme accounts and hobby are, are very similar to that. And they're, and, and, and they're growing by the day, Josh, the meme accounts and the hobby are grown by the day. <laughs> They've got a long hill to climb to get to your level. <laughs> Hey, they're, they're getting they're, I, I, there's some counts coming up yeah they're, they're getting better so uh, i guess one day i'll be uh i'll be the hobby will be memed out and i'll just have to leave because it's it, it'll get you know too it'll get saturated so but yeah again anyone putting content out there like yourself uh, you know you, you and chris do the do the the crossover and yeah even you know even jeff wilson the sports card about like Everyone, anyone putting content out there, it's, it's, it's good. Like, you know, we, it's creating, it's providing entertainment for people. Cause we all need some damn entertainment these days. I'll tell you what, we all need that these days. And today, especially, I guess it's, it's, it's nighttime where you're at over there in Phoenix. But uh, I think, you know, tomorrow is going to be for, it's going to be a crazy day in the U S right. So I'm, I'm kind of, <laughs> I'm kind of glad I'm, I'm here in Europe and, and while I'm sleeping, all, all that stuff's going to be happening tomorrow. So It'll be an interesting be day. Yeah. yeah, we all we all need the hobby more tomorrow more than ever. Hey, come to my page. I promise you, I, I won't have anything political on it. It's purely hobby. That's good. Just 
like uh, people say about LeBron, just make the damn memes. <laughs> shut up and meme. Yeah, yeah, shut up and meme. I think so. I, I think that that's that's, that's 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 what I'm gonna do tomorrow for you guys. All right, man. Thanks for the time. This is great. Talk to you soon. Yep. Thanks, Josh.